Welcome to Clarified Butter, the podcast about meals, memories, and milk fats. I'm your host, Whitney Jewett. I'm your other host, Amy Allen. And today we're talking about summer camp! Because it's summer. Hopefully when this gets out, it's still summer. I think it will be. Yeah. We both went to summer camp. Yes. I still do. I'm really jealous of that. (laughs) What camp did you go to so I started probably I guess the summer after fourth grade going to Camp Donley which is a Methodist sailing camp on the coast of North Carolina on the Noose River wow it is phenomenal highly recommend it to anyone Methodists out there looking for a place to send their kids (laughs) oh is it an overnight camp yes I did day camps also, like I did vacation Bible school mm-hmm. and I did music camp at church and I did art camps. Like I remember I did a black and white photography camp where I got to like develop my own, cool. but, like in a black room and a beading class where I made a bunch of tacky necklaces at the art center in downtown Greensboro. This was my first and only overnight camp was Camp Donley and I went there for eight summers. Wow. Yeah. It was a a huge, huge part of my life. Very formative. Very much a part of my identity now as someone who clearly, Mm -hmm. like, telegraphs, like, camp girl, Mm -hmm. jean shorts. I feel ya. I feel (laughs) ya. Like, where are her friendship bracelets? Where are they? (laughs) That's, I think, what everyone's wondering when they meet me. Because you crafted a lot at camp? Oh, yeah, I was craft girl. The one summer I worked there, I was Amy Crafts because there was another Amy Allen. She got there first, and so I had the name addendum. Yes, I think you told me about this, and people really thought that your name was Amy Crafts. Yeah, I ran into someone years later, and they were like, this is my friend Amy Crafts. It's so crazy because she was also the craft girl. And I was like, that's not my name. They call me that because I was the craft girl. I was the second Amy. (laughs) Yeah. But... So you still work at the camp that you went to growing up? I direct the camp that I went to. Oh, hold up! Excuse me. (laughs) (laughs) Just couldn't. Just you just can't leave. (laughs) I wish I I didn't and hadn't and would never. Yeah, it's and just like you said, you know, it's just something that, yeah, helped make me. You know, it's like shaped me and. Mm But I don't do this alone. I've got a core staff. Uh Is there a co-director? I have an assistant director. Oh, Maya. Uh And then we've got camp lead counselors, Ty Ty and Liz. Mm -hmm. And everyone also has camp nicknames. Mm -hmm. And then we also have our other counselor, IRB. So we've got, whose real name is I don't know if I can say her whole name <laughs> on this <laughs> but, it's, but it's not Herb. Uh, no, it's Ivory Rose Blanchette. Oh. Is her name. And so her camp nickname is IRB. Got it. Lily, Tai Tai, Mai Mai, I'm Woo Woo. Woo Woo? Yeah. Aw, that's fun. Yes. That's, that's quirkier and quicker than Amy Crafts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, okay, I've heard of you talk about this camp. It's in New Hampshire. Yes. And it's a theater camp. It's a theater camp. For and it's all connected ages. with. Well, yeah, we just take anybody. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Uh, all child, all school ages. 
Yeah, well, seven through seventeen. Seven through seventeen. Okay. Yeah. So, because if you get them too, if you, we've just found that if they're, you know, that young seven even or mm-hmm. they're six, you can't. We call them a PP, which is a pee pants, and then you need a CO, <laughs> which is a camp onesie. For that one. A camp. <laughs> We have like a whole, I mean, and this is just what happens when you're like with a group of people for a long time is that we have a whole language. Oh, yeah. That we speak Oh, more you together. know the, at my camp, at Camp Donnelly, do you know what it's called when you stay for two weeks? What? There's a one-week campers and they're not nothing. Well, there's the half, <laughs> they're half-week campers. They're called preemies. Um, oh. The people, campers that are just one-weekers, they're just one-weekers, they're just regular campers. If you stay for two weeks, you're a tweaker. A tweaker? <laughs> yeah. That's like... Oh, like a two-weeker. Yeah. A Got two-weeker. It. A tweaker. Wow. And then Mariners and LITs. And, Lits. But, yeah. That's but funny. lit was not a thing when I was a camper else. We would have been. I'm sure there it would is have been now. Lots of, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm certain. Anyway, but we're getting off topic. What is the name of your camp? Uh, it is Camp Windsock. Ooh, that's why you have a windsock tattoo. That's right. Oh my god! Which is a tat- a group tattoo with the core team. We all have one. Um, and it's not an overnight camp. It's not. It's a day camp, and it's connected with um a summer stock theater mm-hmm. called the Weathervane Theater, mm-hmm. uh, which is the last summer stock theater doing alternating repertory. They do seven shows, and they do a different show every night except for Sunday. Whoa. And it's amazing in mm-hmm. northern New Hampshire. What? <laughs> so, and then there's camp. So it's um, great because it gets kids from the community. Or um, there are a lot of kids, too, who, like, their grandparents have summer houses there. And they go stay with them. And then they'll come to camp during the day. So now that we both understand, like, the camps that we're coming from. Yeah, and, a, yeah. and an idea of the language used, though, I'm sure we'll get deeper yes. into, like, little Phrases that don't make sense and little camp inside jokes that uh, like you, nobody has access to and everybody hates, except for the people that are in it and then they love it more than anything in the whole world. <laughs> yeah. um, I also oh I do want a addendum. I keep saying addendum and I keep accentuating the, the dumb. dumb. Because um, <laughs> I'm dumb for leaving it out the first time. Oh, you're not dumb, Amy. Thank you. Love you. Um, I also was a part of an adult summer camp called the John C. Campbell Folk School, which is my favorite job I've ever had. It's a beautiful place up in the mountains of North Carolina, far, far west, squeezed in between Tennessee and Georgia. It's in this little town called Brasstown that has Brasstown up on the side of a hill, like the Hollywood sign. Oh, my God. Is it in Brass? Uh, it's based on the like what the Native American name for that place was. Oh. It's a like mistranslation, I think. There's no brass there, unfortunately, I guess. But it's a great name to be up on a huge sign on a hill because it's ripe for vandalism. <laughs> Ass town, <laughs> yeah. bra town. It's just all there. Brass own. Really get them. <laughs> brass own. So it's a place where people... Of all ages, mm-hmm. but primarily it's retired folks can go for a week and stay in a cabin that's really like a hotel room. It's kind of resorty, uh, and take a week long craft course in everything. 
you take one class for the whole course. So you might be taking watercolor for that whole week. But it's like eight hours a day of really great craft instruction in these really beautiful studios in this really beautiful mountain setting. And a fair, not all of it, but a fair amount of it is pretty like folksy and rustic because it grew out of a school that served that community and like was famous for its wood carvers Mm. and was founded by a couple, John C. Campbell and Olive Dame Campbell. It was actually started by Olive Dame Campbell and her lady friend because her husband passed away and they were badass women who started this whole school as his legacy. But in like the 20s, I think. It's amazing. It's built on the concept of non-competitive learning and everyone goes there and learns beautiful crafts and I get to live there two different summers and take a bunch of craft classes from like blacksmithing to leatherworking to loom weaving painting felt rug making oh that's how you that's how you learn to do your felting that's how i learned to do almost everything i know how to do your felt pie rug i have a felt pie rug yeah yeah it's amazing so that is also i consider a summer camp experience even though you can go there in december i was there in the summer and it had the same sort of People come in for a week at a time. They eat in a cafeteria. Mm-hmm. They stay. They live on campus. Mm-hmm. It's outdoorsy. Okay. So yes. speaking of eating in a cafeteria. Here we go. What <laughs> kind of food did you eat? What did you have for breakfast? Well, that depends. If we're talking Camp Don Lee growing up, it was a mad dash for the little cereal cart where they had the individual cereal bowls mm. that were plastic, and everyone was sprinting up there trying to get your Lucky Charms, uh, occasionally Frosted Flakes, mm-hmm. maybe some Cap and Crunch. Yeah, it was just like there is insane. There's always scrambled eggs and other stuff on the table, but what you wanted was that sugar cereal. And once you're in LIT, mm-hmm. you have access to the coffee room. Oh, the coffee room. LIT stands for leader in training. Uh, And I was able to go back to the little coffee room and I made coffee with like two packets of hot chocolate in it every morning (laughs) because I was 16 and didn't like coffee yet. Yeah, I get it. How am I going to get this down? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. With a lot of Swiss miss. (laughs) So it's all like family style. At both of these places, it's family style. You sit at a table, all the food is out on the table, and then you as a table have to clean up for yourself. Yeah, I remember like going to camp and like doing each table, yeah, would clean up after yourself. And then you'd have shifts where like, you know, you either are washing dishes that day or you're, you know, wiping the tables down that day or you're doing, you know, different jobs. And um, that was, I liked that. So what, this is where we're going to get into weird camp culture. Yeah. (laughs) Because what what that is called, the like cleaning shifts, what that is called at Camp Don Lee is a caper. and caper? A, a caper. And Love capers. I know. I think they were trying to make chores sound fun, so they called them capers. <laughs> like, not capers like you eat, like capers mm. like advent, little adventures you have. Exciting. You have a caper cleaning the basketball court, <laughs> um, the blacktop. So, Did you have to do that? Well, yeah. So they're, like we have this whole big campus mm-hmm. of like a big field. There's a blacktop and a pool area. It was a, like man-made pond pool there's uh 
and then areas around all the cabins and they would have capers every and ba- public bathrooms and there weren't janitors except for in the kitchen at this camp mm-hmm. so it was up to the campers to clean up the whole camp after themselves every single day good put them to work <laughs> yeah <laughs> teach them but they called that doing a caper so your group there are groups like one through 10 i guess uh of like growing up in ages and time amount of time spent at camp and you'd be assigned your caper for the morning after breakfast it would come out and be like group one is cleaning the blacktop like, yeah they try to make it like a fun well then you have activity. to do in response to getting assigned a caper you have to do a caper cheer oh my god do one um, well, so <laughs> you, your group would make one up and you, tr- it became on the spot. No, you'd plan it the night before. <laughs> or if you have little kids, your counselors would plan it five minutes right, before yeah. because anything the little kids will do is cute. One time there was a kid that looked like, um, the kid from Jerry Maguire. He mm-hmm. looked just like the kid from Jerry Maguire and they made him stand up on a chair for the cape cheer every time and just quote Jerry Maguire <laughs> like, the human head weighs eight pounds and then everybody would like, shoot yeah! like, yeah! But you're showing your enthusiasm for your caper and then it becomes a competitive thing among the older kids like who will do the funniest. This is probably oh, wow. the, the roots of my perform because I never did theater or comedy growing up. Mm-hmm. Now super into improv, and this was like my chance to like show off and be funny, as as part of a group. I was kind of shy about it, but like little kids, it would be like you do the banana cheer. So like you peel to the left, left, you peel to the right, you peel down the middle, and uh, Uh, take a bite. Some it's a little sexual. It does. It does. It does. Also, there'd frequently be a theme (laughs) for the week. Uh-huh. Uh, so sometimes it's pirate week and that means all the caper cheers are pirate jokes. Wait, and ha- there are only how, there are how many weeks of this camp though? Either one, two, one. Well, two you one. might be there for the pirate week oh, that wow. summer. And then yeah. it's like, that's it. Or it might be like every day of, like sometimes it's like holiday week and every day <laughs> of the week is a different holiday. Um, but then your caper cheer would probably be like, Hey, what's a pirate's favorite movie? I don't know. What is a pirate's favorite movie? Rated R. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. But once you're an older kid, you get into song parodies. Great. Like, I remember one, there was a really epic water polo game between two older groups. And they won a, the tweakers against the mariners. And the mariners were like the big kids and the tweakers were still like 12 it's a tweaker thing i know it's, it's hard. <laughs> um and so they did a, a parody of the general by dispatch <laughs> Great. Like, uh but instead of seen the other, except for theirs was like i have seen the others and i have discovered that they are big and scary and then like their entire thing was about how like they got like actually demolished at Water, oh, water polo, polo and game. several people got injured like they came out on with their like bandages and they were all beat up in a real way they had been to the med hut <laughs> <laughs> and i wrote the lit's very last caper cheer on their last morning you're there for f- a whole month as a leader in training and your last caper cheer has to be this epic emotional thing of course and i wrote the whole thing for my whole lit group and it was a uh, just really emotional rewriting of 
the seasons of love from rent yes. <laughs> but like all of the lyrics were th- camp things uh, yes and like did different people like walk on at different parts and like oh i wish we were that, that good we great. just all see this is all me coming from a theater camp where it's like oh, no yeah, one was that confident <laughs> we were all we were all we're gonna block the number Methodists. right now okay <laughs> so anyway what did you eat for breakfast Um, I don't remember with the overnight camps, to be honest. I don't even really remember what we ate for breakfast. So you don't do breakfast for your day camp? No, well, like, uh, okay. So I do feel like I'm kind of at summer camp because when I run this theater camp, I live in a big old inn with all of the people that work at the theater. Mm -hmm. So it is a bunch of adults living together in the woods in like northern New Hampshire fending for themselves and they feed us (laughs) lunch and dinner Mm -hmm. um but you have to you do your own breakfast so we usually have i mean there's like stale bagels (laughs) wait can i take a guess Mm. syrup (laughs) there is syrup they won't they won't go for the they won't spend the money on the on the expense stuff you have to bring that yourself oh really yeah, it's not cheaper there because you don't have to. I think a little bit, but it's still expensive, you know. It's, it's the good it's stuff. Just that liquid gold. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we have random stuff, but we buy great snacks. We always buy. Um, we go to Max Grocery Store, which is in Whitefield, New Hampshire. It's the only grocery store around, and we get a jar of pickles, string cheese, and triscuits. Ooh. And those are like always at the ready. Like we always have those. Triscuits? No, we usually get the seasoned ones. There's like the black pepper ones with oh. the, the sea salt. New England kids are so sophisticated. Or, but the, no, this is Oh, no, staff. this is for the staff. This is for okay. staff because the kids, they have to pack their own oh, right. lunch and food. And like it gets brought to us from the house. Mm-hmm. From, you know, the house where we live. I remembered another huge part of camp food is as a young camper was going to store, mm. which was also the biggest thing that was I like, like that. It's not even the store. No, it's, it's like store. You're going to store. We're going to store. Uh, there's time every night. There's just a little building right beside the blacktop and the blacktop has basketball courts, but what they're for is four square courts. Four square is epic at Camp Donnelly. Uh, there's square. like a line of people wrapped Four times, not four times, but like wrapped way around the court waiting Mm -hmm. to get in to the trash square and like work their way up. Bounce it out. And the really cool older dude counselors like rule the king square and it's such a big deal if you can get them out, but you never can because they're (sighs) so good and really want to impress them because you definitely have a crush on them. It's not a big deal because you're 14. (laughs) 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 But all of that. Four square free time where all of the groups mix together happens during store hours, Mm -hmm. which is after dinner. I don't know. This is an insane choice that they make. The after dinner, we get our parents put a certain amount of money into store. And so every night of the week, we get to pass through and get one soda and two candies from store. (laughs) So there's just coolers full of sodas. Uh Uh-huh. And racks full of candy like a gas station 
Nice. And so I would get a Dr. Pepper, a Nutrageous, and Sour Straws. Or a Dr. Pepper Rolos. Wait, and you get like a whole pack of Rolos? Yeah. What? Like full sized. Yes. Every day? Yes. So much sugar and caffeine after dinner. Wow. I don't understand why they let this happen. How is that allowable? Because <laughs> um, we would go crazy for that hour after where we were like running around and playing four square and like just screaming, <laughs> just screaming. And everybody gets two things of candy and a soda. Well, I think it's a little iffy because it depends on how much money your parents put in, oh. you know, but certain counselors would have different rules about the max you were allowed to get. Like, mm-hmm. one summer I had a counselor that let us get two sodas, two candies. And so every night wow. I got two sodas and two candies. Yeah, they're like, oh, Stacy's a pushover. You know, she's going to let us get, like, we're just going to get sugar high tonight. It's going to be wild. I didn't even realize how <laughs> insane I got. I also, this was the biggest thing they could punish you with. It's like, if you were a real jerk, they'd take away store. Wow, that's... That's, that's a and deep you'd have cut. to go play Foursquare without any sugar. Oh my God, how can you even go on? I would cry. I would cry because I was in an addictive cycle. <laughs> wow. But do, do y'all have any like coveted things like that? Yes. Uh, well, food related, actually. We mm-hmm. have a whole bit around goldfish crackers. We always get the big cartons of goldfish crackers for camp. Mm-hmm. They're like the huge cartons. I mean, they're like a gallon of goldfish. And we have to get like five or six of those per summer. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do this bit called Jokes and Crackers. And it's to teach kids like about stage presence and just like entering, saying a line and exiting uh-huh. the stage. And so you, everyone in their first year of camp when you're in Act 1 and you go for one week, because Act 1s go for one week. Act 2s, they go for two weeks. They're a little older campers. their second year or more. And then Act 3s are the like this kind of like CITs. Uh-huh. Um, but you can't call them that. Okay. <laughs> They're Act 3s. Because then that gives them the, the idea that they'll be counselors one day, and they might not be. Okay. okay. Um, but they go for three weeks. Their first week's like training. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we when you're in Act 1... You do jokes and crackers. And so you enter the stage with your scene partner and you say, hi, Amy. Hi, Whitney. Want to hear a funny joke? Yes. Why do seagulls fly over the bay? I don't know. Why? Back up. Why do... (laughs) I'm nailing it. (laughs) Okay. 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 I'm going to run back off stage. Jokes and crackers. Jokes and crackers. And there's a whole, like, way of doing it. Like, we're just saying the lines, but there's, like, this whole way that we do of running on stage, jumping, mm-hmm. saying the lines, and, like, reacting, mm-hmm. jumping together and, like, running off. Where oh, it's actually very, very funny. Yeah. And, like, so timed, you know, that it just makes it very funny. Um, <clears throat> Hi, Amy. Hi, Whitney. Want to hear a funny joke? Sure do. Why don't seagulls fly over the bay? I don't know. Why? Because then they'd be called bagels. Ha, 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 ha. Jump. And run. then you run off stage. Oh, and nice. And then someone else comes on. 
And they come on alone. Oh, they no. They jump. And they say, I will now take this goldfish cracker, throw it up into the air, and catch it in my mouth. Drum roll, please. <laughs> and then if they catch it, it's like, bye bye. And uh-huh. they bow. Uh-huh. And then they jump, and then they're off stage. And if they don't catch it, they do an oopsie. And then they pick the cracker up, jump, exit. You have to pick that cracker back up. Okay. That's a rule. All right. But with camp. You're teaching them about like that things don't always go as planned and you just have to react and you still have to maintain your stage presence. I'm learning a lot and I want to go to your camp. Oh my gosh. Please come. (laughs) It would be great. No one's ever taught me how to be on stage. I'm just a natural. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we can't all have that and then we have to go to theater camp. Mm, mm Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so during, like, the day, if there's ever a lull or, like, you know, you're just kind of waiting around, we always have the goldfish crackers out so you can practice throwing Uh, them up in the air and catching them. I am. I I wanted to say morbidly bad at that, but that seems extreme. Well, it's something that you just practice. And now, like, I used to be terrible at it, but I've been practicing for many years now and i'm pretty good at it now i bet but the thing is is that when i have goldfish crackers around it's really hard for me to just eat them like a normal person yeah (laughs) i'm like oh god i should be throwing this up in the air and catching my mouth (laughs) i feel guilty just eating these goldfish you haven't earned it they're smiling at me and i just (laughs) feel like who are you you've told no jokes you've caught nothing you haven't jumped? <laughs> uh, I like go in a corner sadly and just toss them into my mouth. This is not as as the same, but every other week at, at camp we would either have a dance or a talent show. I was always really excited about the dance as someone who's perpetually romance-minded. I was always like, this is my big chance. It wasn't yeah. ever my big chance. Heads up. Spoiler alert. <laughs> um, but... Uh, then every other week that wasn't that, it was a talent show, Fine. which I should have t- thought that was my big chance because I actually, I am quite talented. You are. But I didn't know that at the time and we never did anything good. <laughs> it's hard to know what you're good at when you're young. But I would always, you know, cheer on the other people in the talent show and the best talent I ever saw was this kid who went up with a gallon of sweet tea from the dining hall mm-hmm. and like held it over the head like they were going to chug the sweet tea and everyone went nuts and was like, yeah, 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 yeah. And he picked up the sweet tea and took a tiny sip. Tiny sip, yeah. <laughs> and we were like, what? And he was up there for 40 minutes. <laughs> Just slowly... Slowly, he drank a whole Just gallon like, of sweet tea. <laughs> the whole time. He drank a whole gallon of sweet tea, and that was his talent. And so wow, many times, the counselors guy. would like stand up and try to clap him off and be like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah,", yeah, yeah. and he'd always be like, "No, no, no," and take another sip. Let me finish <laughs> my time. Mm-hmm. You have your time. I have my time. At my camp, we do talent and untalent show. Oh, that seems harsh. It's very fun. No, it's very fun. Um, and it's it's actually our way of seeing, like, what 
the kids are good at to like use in their show. Oh. <laughs> Very sneaky. Tricky, tricky. Uh, tricky, tricky. But um, it's also just really fun and the and they'll like amaze you, you know. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, I'm going to um, sing this song in five different languages. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> are you seeing this? And then like someone else will get up and they'll be like, I can do a cartwheel. And then everybody gets up. I can do a front rollover. Like I, everyone God. thinks there's a, they're gymnasts. Yeah, I have experienced little girls who think they're gymnasts, and I can't. I mean, it's, <laughs> you just have to like you know cut, cut them off. Be like, uh-huh. okay, a group of you go up and do it at the same time, but oh, spread yeah. out, mm-hmm. find your space. <laughs> um, or yeah, so we do like the talent show, uh-huh. and then we we turn it, we flip the script, and then we do. The untalent show. Uh-huh. And so, but you present your untalent the same way you present your talent. So uh-huh. you say like, my name is blank and my talent is blank or my untalent is blank. And then they just show you how bad they are at it. Oh. Um, so you just get a line of them up there. That would be and, me and cartwheels. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you have like a line of them get up there and you say like, uh, who's really bad at doing push-ups? And like get all those kids. <laughs> it's the funniest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> but they're like but then you'll owning get, it. But then you'll like, get a, yeah, 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 yeah. And then you'll get a gymnast up there, and she'll be like, "I'm really bad at cartwheels." And then she does like a great cartwheel. And you're like, "Actually, looks kind of like a talent, but okay, Casey, oh, thank gosh. you." I think it's a real Casey. I know there is. <laughs> thank you. But it's very, yeah, very fun. All right. Well, this I feel I have. To, I, this isn't even about camp, but we're talking about talent shows. And can I tell you my talent show dream that I never did? Yes. I, in probably second or third grade, I had a big crush on a guy who did talent shows. Did he play Foursquare? He could break dance. This, mm. no, this was at regular school. Okay, got it. He could break dance, and he was always at the local production of The Wizard of Oz as a munchkin who could break dance. <laughs> cool. So, Hottie. I <laughs> He had long hair. Um, but. As any Lollipop Guild member would. <laughs> Um, so I started imagining myself in the talent show as like a way to be around this kid. Um, and I, it was the year we were learning how to sing the Star Spangled Banner and I thought I was really good at it. I got this. (laughs) And I would sing it in the shower a lot and like imagine my talent show, show, cause I was just like, I was like nailing the highs and the lows. Yes. And the runs. Yeah. Um, and I'm like Whitney. I'm like, but not you, Whitney Houston. <laughs> um, and so what I wanted, what I fantasized about doing, I never did it, but I fantasized about it a lot, was putting on my best jean jumper Great. and going and singing the Star Spangled Banner and moving everyone to tears. And then when I got to the end, it was like, and the home of the brave, but I would have secret glitter like red glitter and blue glitter canisters in my hand so that I could do a big arch over my hand, my head and shower the stage with with red and blue glitter when I hit the big finale I would still do this at 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 theater camp uh-huh. uh, we'd have you do all of that uh-huh. and then you'd bow and then you'd run like off stage left grab your grab your mop and then just do a quick <laughs> Off stage right. <laughs> yeah. That's what we do. It's a little tiny caper. You know, it's a caper. <laughs> yeah. 
encourage anyone to call their choice capers from now on. <laughs> um, um, I I did want to do this one um, story about church camp, this, this camp that I went, and I think it was actually a Methodist camp. Ooh. Um, speaking of, you know, your your Methodist camp, mm-hmm. but it was like more of an outdoorsy kind of camp, and right. That's why I was into it. We were just like you know canoeing and like. Just having fun outside, and sometimes there would be a discussion about God, and I just kind of like listen. <laughs> um, and and you heard about like the group where there was like the girl that was an atheist in the group, and you're uh, like, whoa! Ooh. And everyone's like, "Why is she even here?" Is that you? <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, you kept I it under wraps. I was just like not talking about it. <laughs> why but, is she, why but, like, is she even here? <laughs> But growing up, I did go to church, and I don't know if we actually talked about this, but I did go to church because um, I'd sleep over at my friend's house, and her family would always go to mm-hmm. church on Sundays, and I would just end up sleeping over there on Saturdays and go with them. But at that church, when we would do communion, um, you would get um, a little a little cup, a little adorable cup of grape juice, mm-hmm. and then they, they cut up white bread into like little squares so mm-hmm. everybody got their own cup and their own little piece of white bread their own little cube <laughs> and my friend Elise and I would actually clean we'd volunteer to clean up after communion because so we could drink eat all the, all the little grape juice and eat all the bread <laughs> so then I'm at this camp uh-huh. and I've only done communion this way and maybe like with a wafer once at my on my uncle's wedding mm-hmm. and Wafers we everybody like stink <laughs> And this is um like in New Hampshire and mm-hmm. everyone like climbed up this mountain mm-hmm. and where we were gonna do communion. Uh-huh. And I was somebody like, hiked with a chalice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they had little silver chalice. And I was there and I was started like panicking a little bit in my mind because all I could see was like this line of our counselors and one of them had um bread uh-huh. and one had the chalice uh-huh. and I there was a line of people doing taking communion and I was like, what the fuck am I gonna do? <laughs> I am not gonna drink out of this cup. Like, I, I think everyone's drinking out of this cup. I'm like I'm not okay with that. I didn't know what to do. I was used to having my tiny cup and my little cube of bread, and I was like, <laughs> I was like panicking. So I finally get up to the head of the line, and this and this woman turns, you know, looks at me and she's like the body of Christ. And she like gives me a little piece of bread. I was like, okay, great. And then I ate it. No, no, that's not what you do in that situation. Whitney, Whitney, you don't, you save it. You save it for the cup. It's a dunker. And then I moved on to the chalice thinking, oh God, everyone's lips have been on that thing. And they're like the blood of the blood of Christ. And I looked at the chalice. I looked at the eyes of this counselor and I turned around and walked away. Oh my god. <laughs> I was like And then I turned to my friend and I was like, "What did you do with the with the bread and they're like, you're supposed to dip it." Uh-huh. You dip it. And I was like, "What?" And I was like, "Nobody told me that. I didn't know that it's supposed to do that." And I felt so embarrassed, like such an idiot. Because <laughs> you just yeah. refused the blood of Christ. <laughs> it's like the end and of like... church camp. It was supposed to be like this big deal. Yeah. We're only doing it together. And I was like, I'm not into this. Yeah. That's oh, that's harsh. It was weird. <laughs> um, 
We had a big final communion at the end of my LIT time where we walked in to the campsite, to the campfire circle, and our parents were all waiting for us there. Oh, wow. And we all sat as a group and like told stories about our time there and then, um, and like told our parents about it as like together. And then our, our counselors, the counselor I had a crush on played uh, Blackbird on his guitar. He didn't sing. He just like, and I, you know, fell more in love with him. Mm-hmm. And then we, there was communion and we, our counselors gave us communion. And then we took the chalice and the bread and we turned around and we gave communion to our parents. And then we handed it back to them and went and sat with our parents and not with our group anymore. And it was this oh, like whole man. ceremonial ending and going back to, because the whole leader and training process is a very intense like you get lifeguard trained, you get sailboat certified, you get all of these different. Um, we read the Tao of leadership the whole time and did all these leadership workshops and CPR stuff. Mm-hmm. But then you also do this really intense, like spiritual, everyday Bible study, small group, talk about everything, get really intimate and like get to know each other really well. So at the end of a whole month, it was really emotional to like then be the one performing communion and like be allowed to do that and then like to leave your group and go sit with your parents and I just sobbed the whole time just wept wept and wept Mm. so um just I have a a question for you a question a question for you hey Whitney yeah do you want to hear a question I sure do, Amy. <laughs> Who are you cooking dinner for? Oh my gosh. Well, this week, mm-hmm. and I know this is a big one. Okay. It's a lot of folks. Mm-hmm. But I think I'm cooking dinner for the service industry. Oh, okay. I gotta do it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Alan and I went on a trip uh-huh. this past weekend. We went to Charleston. Beautiful. And we really did it up. With the food, let mm-hmm. me tell you. Mm-hmm. It was very fun. But it made me, like, think back on working in a restaurant and the, you know, just the environment and being out on the floor and, like, putting on that calm face and just helping people feel like everything's fine and, like, feeling serenity even though who knows what could be happening. <laughs> um, and I just appreciate it so much, you know. I just appreciate that work so much. And every day going to, like, you know, your barista or whomever. Um, and I just want to cook dinner for them. Yeah. And if you can't do that, just tip them a little more, you know. <laughs> I feel like that's fair. Yeah, always. Always. <laughs> if you're always ever like, fair. should it be more? It should. It should definitely be more. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's, that's yeah. who I'm cooking dinner for. That's wonderful. Amy. Oh, yeah? Can I ask you a question? Please, please. Who are you cooking dinner for? Who am I cooking dinner for? Hmm. Uh, I am cooking dinner for an organization called Hungry Harvest. Tell me more. It is a CSA of sorts. Great. Now, I'm a single lady, and CSAs and the single lady are not a, a match made in heaven <laughs> because it's a lot of like, here's seven pounds of yeah, collars because be that's lot. what's in season. And you just get a big old bushel of whatever's in season. And it, it's great if you got a big family and you can make a big dinner with a bunch of it. But if it's just you, then a bunch of it's going to go bad and you're going to eat way too much of one type of vegetable and start to really hate it. And it just has never been like cost effective or made sense for my lifestyle. Yeah. But 
I recently discovered this organization called Hungry Harvest. I think they're based in Baltimore, but they have, they're like in all different cities around the country. And their thing is not so much like locally grown organic food. It's reducing food waste. Mm -hmm. So there's all of this produce that goes to waste in grocery stores. Yeah. um, Because it's like not cute enough. Oh, Basically, yeah. <laughs> um, it's like prime mis- for dumpster diving, misshapen or too small or too big. Like uh, one time I got a bunch of Brussels sprouts that were too big, but they're perfectly good produce or it has like weird little scars on it, but it's perfectly good. Um, or they just overstocked it in the grocery store, mm-hmm. just had more than they needed. And so their thing is that they take that like ugly produce, ugly, quote unquote, or overstocked produce, sometimes overstocked like cheese sticks and stuff. Mm, um, we know we love cheese sticks. Pack it into boxes and deliver it to people. And then they also are like a nonprofit that works to fight hunger and like food deserts and stuff. Great. Yeah. And so they're trying to reduce food waste and trying to get food where people need it more. But also it's super customizable. So I can get a mini box every other week with a bunch of different types of fruit and vegetables in it. And only some of them go bad. And it feels very cost effective. And I'm cooking for myself a lot more. That's great. With a lot more veggies. That's so great. Because exactly what you were saying with the CSA. It yeah. can be like, I'm mean, tired of rutabaga. Like, yeah. it can just This be so week much. I got... Um, I got a zucchini. I got chard. I got peaches. I got... Um, what is uh, Something else. Uh, eggplant. <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah. So I think it's a great, I like what they're doing and I've been really happy and they only deliver, you can decide if they deliver every week or every other week. Convenient. So I think it, I am eating more healthily and I feel like I'm supporting something that's like providing a good service for the world. Yeah. So bigger than that box. Yeah. Hungry Harvest, you're getting dinner on me, made from your very own produce, probably, because that's most of the groceries I have in my house right now. (laughs) Clarified Butter is a production of Meddlesome in Durham, North Carolina. We are produced by Jess Bowers and Ashley Melzer. Our website is clarifiedbuttershow.com. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at clarifiedb. And until next time, prepare an egg a different way. 